You're listening to the Military Homeschool Podcast. The Military Homeschool Podcast aims to equip and encourage parents by covering topics relevant to military homeschooling families. Tune in each week for tips and advice from someone who's been there as a military wife and homeschooling mom. You'll also hear inspiring stories and informative guest interviews with experienced military homeschoolers and experts in the educational field. The Military Homeschool Podcast is a broadcast of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Hey friends, welcome back to the Military Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Niehoff, and I'm so glad you could join us today. As we look ahead to a new calendar year, I don't know about you, but I am so feeling the need to do things a little differently in our homeschool. There are aspects of our homeschool routine and curriculum that are working really well, but others, uh, not so much. We're also a bit behind academically from where I'd like to see us at this point. And quite honestly, I'm feeling a little burned out. If you're feeling the need to rethink how you homeschool or you're feeling burned out too, stay tuned because today we're talking about using this new year as a fresh start or restart for our homeschool with my special guest today, Stephanie Siebold. You may remember Stephanie, who was on the podcast back in August of 2022 to discuss how her view of homeschooling has changed with the wisdom she's gained through nearly a decade of homeschooling under her belt now. I'll be sure to include a link to that episode in my show notes for this show. So let's welcome Stephanie to the show. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Crystal. Stephanie, can you believe it is a new year already? This past year just seems to have flown by so fast. How are you feeling about your homeschooling routine and such as you look ahead to a new year? Uh, there's, there's some things that are going okay. And then some, we have to make some tweaks and changes because certain things just are not working halfway into the year. I hear you. <laughs> Same on this end. So have you ever like changed up how you homeschool your curriculum or homeschool styles, et cetera, mid-year? Yes, I have. We changed from one year, we changed from doing a lot of computer work to going almost completely without a screen for any of our schoolwork. Oh, I love that. Wow. So what then led you to decide it was time to make changes in your homeschool? I wasn't seeing, I wasn't seeing progress in some areas like handwriting was getting worse. And um, I was seeing my kids who my youngest wasn't really doing a whole lot as far as schoolwork goes. Then I was seeing the oldest two. um, They weren't, they were more falling behind in, they weren't falling behind academically so much as I was seeing attitudes creeping in that I did not accept in our home. I was seeing a lot more fighting and a lot more arguing. So we needed a detox. Yeah, I hear you. And I, I think we tend to, we get started, or at least I do, we homeschool a little bit 
like a traditional with a traditional school calendar to some degree uh, with a lot of flexibility but we get started with the best of intentions or at least I do and then I notice that oh we get closer to the holidays and I start to maybe slack off a little bit allow all those bad habits and and things to creep in and then by the start of the year which is where I'm at now I'm like Oh, I'm not even sure I want to get started again. Uh, and we're kind of at the end of our homeschooling journey. You know, my youngest two are about to graduate and I'm feeling so burned out. <laughs> so I'm thinking, what can I change? And, you know, what should, what could I do differently? Because I really want to end with it being the best year yet. And I started out that way and I think I overdid it. And oh, yeah. life creeps in and, um, you know, the, and we're just kind of feeling like we need to adjust our sales, you know? So this topic for me is personal <laughs> this, <laughs> this time. And I'm so glad you came on to discuss this with me, but I'm curious because so much of homeschooling nowadays, especially post COVID is screen oriented on the computer, on a tablet. And I'm curious how your kids reacted to going off screen for so much of their schoolwork. My, it was the easiest with my middle one who's in ninth grade. He's, he's my old soul and he would have done as well being born in the fifties as he was being born when he was, because he would rather have a book and pencil and paper than anything else. So for him, it was fine. My oldest, she's the one that she went her first um, two years in public or charter in public and charter school. So she was, she was up for kind of whatever going off the screen was a little bit of a change, especially with ma- with the math that we were using. We, she had to get herself reoriented to doing things on pens, on paper instead of typing answers in and that kind of thing. My youngest, it was, a, it was more of a process for him because he actually liked the computer stuff and he thought of it more of as, as a game, but he wasn't retaining as much. And I'm seeing that now where we're having to go back and go over things, which is fine because it's going at his pay as at his pace, but it's kind of like, oh, where did I mess up here? I should never have done this to begin with. We should have stuck with books and paper before and not brought in any screens at all. Yeah, I have a couple of kids that um just kind of get addicted to the screen. And mm-hmm. so I love that detox time. So you've mentioned that you've made other changes too. When you decide to make changes, how do you implement them? Do well, you just kind it, of suddenly do everything differently or and say, hey, kids, you know, we're <laughs> we're doing this new thing now. Just forget all that other. Or do you do kind of a slower implementation? Kind of what's your style? Well, some of it we do all at once and my kids tend to look at me. I think they probably think that I'm crazy and, (laughs) oh, this is just one of mom's crazy experiments again. Um, (laughs) And then other things like math, we will, will do change it all at once. You know, no more screens. 
go back to the basics and that works the best, but others will kind of, it's kind of like a trickle where we'll take one part out and implement something for that. And then another aspect of it will like for science, we might not do a, do something with video lessons and it'll be, we might be looking things up, but we're slowly moving away from tech things and video things and all that. Awesome. So what's kind of been over the years, um, cause you've been homeschooling for over a decade now, correct? Yeah, we're in our, we're heading to the end of our 10th year now. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, I feel old now. <laughs> well, I'm in, uh, oh, I just started my 23rd year. <laughs> oh, gosh. So my oldest turns 31 this month. So <laughs> I, uh, I have a beat on the old <laughs> scale there. So. What has been some of the the major changes and have you made changes when you've kind of decided to do a fresh start that then you've kind of stuck with it? Like, oh, why didn't I do this two or three or five years ago? I think our biggest change, um, our biggest change a few, we changed a few years back to doing history together instead of, you know, one doing one thing, one doing it doing something else and that kind of thing where we do his, we started doing history all together. Um, we started out with mystery of history and then Brent when went into something else after we finished all four volumes of that. Um, and then now we're doing another, um, another publisher for history and doing it all together. And we've added in, after seeing how well that worked, we added in doing reading and more literature together with a seventh grader, a ninth grader, and an 11th grader, instead of having them do more separate work. Um, we still haven't completely gotten all the lit as one together yet, but we're working our way towards that, especially with my oldest having done some of the stuff that she's done. Um, and I see how we're all able to work together. And whereas the youngest one might not get the back things behind, let's say, some of the Narnia books and how, you know, we can see things in some of it in everyday life. But the old, the middle one gets something more and then the oldest one gets the most out of it or something like that. And it's like we have discussions now and we're talking more to each other than we were before. And it's like, why, why didn't I do this to begin with instead of keeping them separate by grades or ages? And I think that's the mindset that we who have been in public school or even a private school get into is we separate our kids into these boxes. So we bring them home to homeschool them because we've decided for one reason or another that traditional schooling doesn't work for us and we bring them home and then we try to homeschool them just like I did. <laughs> I had the school desks. I had a whiteboard, the whole nine yards. And uh, it was a new year restart for me where I'm like, this is not going to work. I only made it through doing that until literally <laughs> like 
what, four or five months till the beginning of, of the new year. Now, like, I've got to do something completely different. Oh, my goodness. that That's me. When we brought my daughter, the year that we brought my daughter home, it was the start of her second grade year. And we had the, I found used school desks online for sale. And we had, I went and got all the Dollar Tree posters laminated for the alphabet and had the whiteboard screwed onto the wall. And at one point had a pencil sharpener screwed onto the wall next to the board. And it took me, I think the first three years before I was finally like, yeah, we're selling the desks. We are, we're still going to keep the whiteboard on the wall at that point, because I loved having it for them to do larger stuff on, but we're taking the posters down. If y'all want some of them in your room, that's fine. But I couldn't get myself out of that mindset because I thought I was going to fail them. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and that is, that kind of brings me, that's a great segue into the next point that I wanted to kind of go over with you because, you know, mom guilt is huge for so many of us, if not all of us. I mean, what mom hasn't had some form of mom guilt and I am probably the worst and I'm always beating myself up for something In fact, when we started homeschooling, I was so scared to start homeschooling because I thought I'm going to totally mess them up for life. Can I afford all the therapy they're going to need? You know, (laughs) somebody told me, you know what, just take it one step at a time. And how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You don't have to, you know, they were starting second and third grade. You don't have to think about high school or college right now. Do what, what you need to do for them now. What do they need now? And that's very much for those of us who are Christians. God gives us enough light for the step we're on. And so we need to give us, give ourselves that grace in our homeschooling too. We want to be future thinking with our kids, but we don't want to be so set in that, that then we beat ourselves up. So with all that said, what advice then would you give us moms who are mom guilt maniacs like myself, um, if that's even a word. <laughs> and that, that's totally a word. <laughs> if it's not, it is now. But that that mom guilt that that comes with switching with mid at mid-year, because I like when I switched from that traditional school desks, I stood in front of them to teach the class and then they did their book work. But I'm like, I can't keep this up. I can't do this. And I felt like I wasn't mom anymore, that I was teacher all the time. And I I actually felt like I lost connection with them. So I had that guilt. But then I'm like, I've got to switch it up. And I can't, I can't wait for next fall to switch it up. I've got to do it now or I'm not going to be able to continue. And so then I had the mom guilt of, am I failing them because I need to switch it up? How are they going to react? You know, am I messing my kids up by just needing to switch mid-year because I can't do it? Well, the one part, the one thing that I beat myself up so much, especially when I see us, when I see the kids, they haven't mastered something that it's kind of like the ones that, you know, their kids are learning Japanese and five other languages when they're two and your kids are, you know, licking icing off the refrigerator handle. Um, and you like, oh, I screwed this one up. And you feel the same thing when you're switching mid-year. It's like, okay, are we going to lose everything that we've learned up to this point? 
are they going to, they're never going to get anywhere in life. And you've got to, you've got to take the time to stop. And mid-year's perfect because you've taken that week or two off for Christmas. So you haven't done anything or barely, hardly anything for those one or two weeks or however long you take. Think of that time as this, this was my reset time. So now, yes, we might have to, whatever we're going to change to might look at, might teach things in a different way, but then that's fine because it's just like when you take your kids to the store or you take them to church, everybody in that building does things a different way, even if it looks the same as the end result. Your kids are whatever their path is that God's laid out for them, they're going to go down that path a little bit differently than the path that your next door neighbor's kids might or the kids at co-op might, where everybody's got different steps to go down. But that end goal of a high school graduation, or if they're supposed to go to college, a college graduation, or being just a productive member of society and not being somebody that has to go on some talk show because their parents did whatever, then that that path's going to look different, but the end goal, the end result's the same. Oh, that's so true. You know, that there's something when we're honest that we as mom or dad need to make some changes that we're, you know, we're not perfect. We're human and we need to make changes. I feel that, like you said, we're kind of, we're modeling, making life adjustments to our kids, not just in homeschool, but there's going to be times throughout their entire life where maybe they're kind of going one direction or they're, they're they're doing something a certain way, but for some reason it's just not working or it's not working out. They're realizing that they're getting burnt out. You know, it may be a job. It may be a direction in college. It may be, you know, how they're parenting their own kids, but then they see that we were honest with ourselves and with them that we need to make some changes and then we teach them it's it's okay. You can make changes, go a different direction or change things up a little bit. You know, sometimes and for us, our mid-year change has been dramatic, like getting rid of the desks and everything being textbook centered to sometimes it's just tweaking it where we read aloud together instead of them reading separate or uh, we're doing Bible study together instead of them doing Bible study separate, or even just a little tweak in the curriculum. We're still using the same curriculum, but maybe we're not doing all the tests because that I can see that they're learning it. So I don't need to then add the test on to and make that added burden for us. So I feel like we're modeling that it's okay to kind of switch things up, how to handle that and how to be honest with ourselves. Yes. And it's, it's also modeling God's grace because they're Mm -hmm. seeing God's grace in our lives and how we react with the ebb and flow almost of daily life and not just homeschooling, but whether it's a move or whatever, they see how we handle that and 
hopefully when they grow up, they'll be able to say, hey, mom did this or dad did this when this kind of thing happened. I wonder if I can do the same kind of thing. And God always, you know, even if something, even if finances were tight or there wasn't money to buy a full package curriculum one year, God's grace was evident. And, you know, he always provided no matter what. So I think that's probably going to happen here. Oh, you're so right. And that's so beautiful too. And that reminds me of, it's those kind of those soft skills or life skills that we give our kids and we're teaching them to give each other grace because if they see us maybe changing things up a little bit because we see them struggling, you know, it's not always that we can't do something, you know, like you were talking about, you realized that you needed your kids to detox from screen time. And you did that for them. And they'll look back and see that, oh, mom was right. But instead of getting on to them, you know, all the time or um, judging them or putting them down for that, you just said, let's detox. Let's do this a different way. I had noticed for myself, one of our changes was my daughter was really struggling with writing out math facts. And she just, she hated it, but she loved it when I took the time. This is when she was little as my youngest daughter, but she loved it when I worked with her and I just quizzed her verbally. She had great verbal skills. So we went to then doing it uh, verbally for a while there. And then now, you know, she's in her 12th grade year and she's doing fine. But when she was in kindergarten, first and second, we did a lot of oral math work versus written. I adjusted that for her instead of saying, well, all the other kids are doing it. Kids your age are doing this. Why can't you do that? We adjusted it. I loved her through it. I never compared her. And I feel that teaches our kids to give each other grace, whether it's their siblings or when they go out into the workforce, their colleagues at work, or even us as parents, you know, when we're giving them grace, they learn to give us grace. That to me makes our homes more of a peaceful haven instead of chaos and arguing all the time. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Mom guilt's rough. Now, (laughs) did you, how did you handle that though? There does feel to be a difference when they're middle school or high school, they're older. How did you feel about making adjustments? How did you handle mom guilt with your older kiddos? Well, it wasn't, it was harder in a way because of their age and especially with the high schoolers, because I knew that, you know, everything's going towards a transcript that whether they go to college or not, you know, I need to have that ready just in case, but it wasn't as hard in the fact that they when we stopped doing one thing and we started doing something else to change what we needed to be changed, they, before we changed, it was a battle almost every day to get things done. And it was tears over different subjects. And it was, there was so much tension in the house. And especially with the older ones, when we made that change, it was, it was like a weight being lifted off of all of us and we're laughing more and we're, you know, we're getting along and we're not trying to strangle each other. 
and they can see that it's a positive thing instead of, oh, we're, we're stopping, we're giving up, you know, mark another failure down. No, this is a good thing. We needed this. That's so true. And I think sometimes the older kids maybe can handle it as well and maybe even better than the younger kids. Yeah. But it's all in kind of, I think, how we model it. If we're, you know, if we're frustrated with ourselves, then they're going to then play into that. You know, they're going to see that and then, and feel that too. But if we make it a positive, moms are the kind of the temperature of the family. We can either do it in a way that's negative and then everyone is going to pick up on that, including dad, I, or at least with my own husband, <laughs> or we can do it in a positive way. And then there may be some stragglers that still are kind of grumpy guesses, but <laughs> eventually they'll come along because they're yeah. like, well, everybody else is happy and I don't really like being so cranky. So don't be afraid and give yourself the grace to change things up if you need to with your high schoolers or your middle schoolers. One quick thing that I wanted to share kind of along those lines that maybe will help someone else or bless someone else is I was always questioning my ability to homeschool my kids until my, now my oldest daughter, she was very much one that worked with her hands and stuff. And she went straight into the workforce. But my second daughter, I wanted to go to college and this is where I was worried. And she actually went to the college and she did this. They wanted her to do this test to make sure that, you know, here she'd been a homeschooler and and we were now living in this small town that didn't have homeschoolers in the area. So they were kind of not so sure about us homeschoolers. So they wanted to test her. And she tested so well that they gave her a one-year scholarship. And I'm like, I had changed things up. Almost every year we're doing something a little differently, you know, and sometimes I was not so great at making sure that they did all their work. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know, it's summer, I need a break. We got most of the book done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's just go on a vacation or take some trips or something. Yeah. And so when she went in for that test, I was so nervous. But after that, I'm like, you know, we parents love our children more than anyone else outside of God. And we're going to do our very best for them. You know, there's always the bad apples in any situation, you know, public school, private school, homeschooling. Yes. But we love our children and we're going to do the very best we can for them. But you don't have to be perfect to homeschool. And it's okay to change things up. And sometimes that's the greatest lesson you can give your kids is that you're willing to make a change. Yes. Lord, if I was if I if I tried to be perfect, I think I would drive myself completely crazy and nothing less would get done than it gets done now. Oh, that's so true. Well, Stephanie, this has been such an amazing discussion, but before I let you go, will you tell my listeners how they can connect with you? Well, let's see. I am on Facebook at Stephanie Seabolt and Seabolt Seconds Homeschool Books and Curriculum, and I'll have Crystal put the links to those in the show notes. And I also am a schoolhouse ambassador with the old schoolhouse magazine and love more than anything 
to help people get started homeschooling or to make sure that they've got the encouragement need, that they need to be able to keep going so they don't throw in the towel and send the kids off on the bus. Love that. And if you hear a dog in the background, it's my dog barking at the UPS guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, Stephanie, I love chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about how we can start fresh in the new year. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me again. I love coming on here and talking with you. Well, listeners, thank you so much for listening in today. Links to all the resources mentioned by Stephanie or myself will be included in the show notes at militaryhomeschoolpodcast.com. Please be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. Then share it with a friend. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Military Homeschool Podcast. Have a blessed week. Thanks for listening in today. Be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. If you liked this podcast, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating and leave a comment. Links to the resources mentioned during the show today can be found in our show notes at militaryhomeschoolpodcast.com. Connect on Facebook at Military Homeschool Podcast or via email at militaryhomeschoolpodcast at gmail.com.